Hey, hey, hey. Welcome back to Chew the Bible. It's your good friend, A.A. Ron. Hope everyone's been doing well. I know it's been a minute since I've done a recording. Ah, I've been thinking about a lot of different things. Uh, <clears throat> pretty soon, just to get right to it, a few little uh, <laughs> Chew the Bible announcements. I am going to do a little spinoff. So... Going forward, there'll be these random recordings where I'll share stuff from my day, just things going on in my life, uh, just cool stories, like the time recently where I was with my friend Ernesto and Karina. I like to say Karina, sounds better than Karina. Karina and Ernesto, <laughs> mi amigos, mi amigo and amiga. Yeah, from, uh, and yeah, Ezra, their son Ezra, from the church I go to, The Cure. Uh, we hung out, what was that? Was that Friday? It was the last night of The Cure conference, I think. And um, they were with me. And uh, we were at this quick trip across the street from where I live. And uh, for those of y'all not from Kansas City or from the Midwest, quick trip is a gas station. For all you people listening around the world in random countries, it's weird. Every time I look and see where people are listening from, it's interesting to see like <laughs> where they're listening from. So I'm like, for real, somebody up in Canada or down in, I've seen like South Africa. There's all kind of countries people listen to this podcast on. I'm like, wow, I'm honored. But anyway, uh, yeah, there's a gas station called Quick Trip. I was there with my friend Ernesto, Ezra, and Karina. And there was this girl there, this young lady. She, I, I had something about her. I was like, go talk to her. So she had a subway shirt on. So I go over and I talk to her, you know, telling her how, you know, asking how she's doing, telling her Jesus loves you, all this stuff. Getting her story. She's telling me about all this stuff about her controlling parents and they're actually going through a divorce and she's having to like take care of a lot of the responsibilities and carry a lot of the weight financially of her family. And it's getting to be very stressful. And I caught her at just the right time because she had just finished her sandwich. So I didn't feel bad about interrupting her food. <laughs> uh, but what else? And she has having like suicidal thoughts. Anyway, uh, there was a wall there because she had a lot of stuff going like it's, things going on with her dad. Abuse and all that kind of stuff and controlling this. So. I wasn't really able to get through a lot, so I walked away for a while to finish pumping my gas and let Karina kind of take over. And Karina spoke Spanish, because this, this young lady, she spoke Spanish. Um, she's probably in her like, early 20s, somewhere around there. So we'll just call this young lady, her name is B. So Miss B, or Lady B, uh, Karina's talking to her, ministering to her, and uh, anyway, there's a lot more that went on in the conversation, but and it was hot. It was like 100 degrees. So I walked back over and like, hey, and I asked if we could pray for her. She didn't want prayer, um, which brings me to I need to re- listen to this podcast. This is a podcast on core Christianity that popped up recently. I need to listen to it. It says, should we pray for people who don't want prayer? <laughs> should we pray anyway? Uh, I'm hoping it talks about praying for somebody like in person. Because, of course, I prayed for this young lady, like, 
I, when I walked away. But uh, if she didn't want prayer, I wasn't going to force it on her. I say Jesus Christ is a gentleman. He doesn't force himself on anybody. Um, and this is a hard thing, too, because I was at this whole conference all week at The Cure. And they're talking about deliverance ministry. And there's this movie I just watched called In the Name of Out, Come Out in the Name of Jesus. Talking about casting demons out of people and doing deliverance ministry. So uh, technically, I probably should have just started casting demons out of this young girl. <laughs> I prayed letter through a prayer of deliverance. But uh, yeah, I didn't do that. So, but to close the interaction, I was like, hey, I assume she lived kind of close. I was like, hey, I promise you I'm not a weirdo, a strange person. Well, I am kind of strange, but I promise you I'm not one of those crazy people. Uh, and Karina and my friend Ernesto can vouch for you. I can give you a ride home if you want. And she's like, oh, it's all right. No, thank you. And uh, long story short, short story long, Karina and my friend Ernesto, I forgot their last names. I'm just going to start calling by their last names. Anyway, my friends, no, we'll just say E.K. E.N.K. Um, E.N.K. went back to my apartment. And as we got to the door of my apartment, my neighbor, this young lady, Miss B, who we were just witnessing to, was right there walking, walking up department my buddy Ernesto was like see you should have uh, got a ride because <laughs> they're yeah that's funny there's a big hill to get up to our apartment um and this so this young lady lives right across the hall from me well not immediately across the hall but like adjacent to me isn't that wild y'all anyway so stay tuned I'm gonna be doing like separate recordings I think I'll call them like footprints uh that'll be the name of the recording recordings when they pop up and I'll just be telling like little stories from my day doing Uber and our Rebu and Lyft and all that kind of stuff this cool thing and this evangelism like this Saturday my buddy and I Derek and I we went out evangelizing on uh, in Westport which is in near in downtown KC well near downtown because there's power and light and there's crossroads and there's Westport and then the plaza that's kind of like how the downtown is it's just south of downtown and so, uh, yeah, I got some stories from that. <laughs> oh, man. Like, oh, man, I got some stories. I'll share it. Yeah. So stay tuned for that. What else? What else is going on? What else is going on? Um, oh, and then I'll be sharing. There'll be a little special recording where I'll share people's testimonies. Uh, just saying, like, and people will just say, the questions would be like, what were you like before you gave your life to Jesus? And what is what has life been like for you after you gave your life? You made that commitment to give your life to Jesus. And um, yeah, looking forward to that, sharing some of those. I got my buddy um, Ernesto and Karina, their interviews, and then um, Mr. Harris. Mr. Harris will be sharing his his story. So stay tuned on that. And here we go. We're in Genesis. Where are we in Genesis? Are we in Genesis 42? I think we're in Genesis 42. 
My beloved is the most beautiful among thousands, among thousands. My beloved is. Darn it, I can't even tell because. I'll say, let's do this. To the Bible. My beloved is the most. Yeah, 42. There we go. And we're going to read out of the Tony Evans Study Bible. Let's go. Joseph's brothers in Egypt. When Jacob learned that there was grain in Egypt, he said to his sons, Why do you keep looking at each other? Listen, when he went on. I've heard there is grain in Egypt. Go down there and buy some for us that we will live and not die. So 10 of Joseph's brothers went down to buy grain from Egypt. But Jacob did not send Joseph's brothers, Benjamin, with his Joseph's brother, Benjamin, with his brothers, for he thought something might happen to him. The sons of Israel were among those who came to buy grain for the famine was in the land of Canaan. Joseph was in charge of the country. He sold grain to all its people. His brothers came and bowed down before him with their faces to the ground. <laughs> there you go. Just like he predicted in his dream. <laughs> Verse 7, when Joseph saw his brothers, he recognized them, but he treated them like strangers and spoke harshly to them. <laughs> Where do you come from? He asked. From the land of Canaan to buy food, they replied. Although Jason, it's interesting that he recognized them, but they didn't recognize him. Although Joseph recognized his brothers, they did not recognize him. Wow. I just said that without reading it. Anyway, Joseph remembered his dreams about them and said to them, you are spies. You have come to see the weakness of the land. No, my Lord, your servants have come to buy food. They said, we are all sons of one man. We are honest. Your servants are not spies. No, he said to them, you have come to see the weaknesses of the land or the weakness of the land. But they replied, we your servants were 12 brothers, the sons of one man in the land of Canaan. The youngest is now with your father and one with our father and one is no longer living. Then Joseph said to them, this is what y'all think. Then Joseph said to them, I have spoken. You are spies. This is how you will be tested. As surely as Pharaoh lives, you will not leave this place unless your youngest brother comes here. Send one for among you. Send one from among you to get your brother. The rest of you will be in prison, so that your words can be tested to see if they are true. If they are not, then as surely as Pharaoh lives, you are spies. So Joseph imprisoned them together for three days. Ooh, I did two days in jail, and that felt long. Between them random TV shows during the day and the Fruit Loops, my lord. Yeah, they had like a little TV outside of my my little uh jail cell. Thank God I don't have to share with anybody. That bed was so hard. It's like they put like a little rubber, like a, uh, you know, those like mats you use for exercise mats. It's basically like a little flat green exercise mat with no padding and a metal, hard metal frame. I'm like, wow. Verse 18, on the third day, they don't make it comfortable for you at all. On the third day, Joseph said to them, I fear God. Do this and you will live. If you are honest, let one of you be confined to the guardhouse while the rest of you go and take grain to relieve the hunger of your households. Bring your youngest brother to me so that your words can be confirmed. Then you won't die. And <clears throat> they consented to this. Then they said to each other, obviously, we are being punished for what we did to our brother. 
We saw his deep distress when he pleaded with us, but we would not listen. That is why this trouble has come to us. But Reuben replied, didn't I tell you not to harm the boy? But you wouldn't listen. Now we must account for his blood. They did not realize that Joseph understood them since there was an interpreter between them. He turned away from them and wept. When he turned, hmm, this shows you his heart. What kind of heart Joseph had? Because he could have been callous. Like, had all this anger built up over, over the years. Like, finally, payback. When he turned back and spoke to them, he said, Simeon, he took Simeon from them and had him bound before their eyes. Joseph then gave orders to fill their containers with grain. Return each man silver to his sack and give them provisions for their journey. This order was carried out. They loaded the grain on their donkeys and left there. The brothers returned home. At the place where they lodged for the night, one of them opened his sack to get feed for his donkey, and he saw his silver there at the top of his bag. He said to his brothers, my silver has been returned. It's here in my bag. Their hearts sank, trembling. They turned to one another and said, what is this that God has done to us? When they reached their father Jacob in the land of Canaan, they told him all that had happened to them. The man who is the lord of the country spoke harshly to us and accused us of spying on the country. But we told him, we are honest and not spies. We were 12 brothers, sons of the same father. One is no longer living, and the youngest is now with our father in the land of Canaan. The man who was the lord of the country said to us, this is how I will know if you are honest. Leave one brother with me. Take food to relieve the hunger of your household and go. Bring back your youngest brother to me, and I will know that you are not spies, but honest men. I will then give your brother back to you, and you can trade in the country." As they began emptying their sacks, there in each man's sack was his bag of silver. When they and their father saw their bags of silver, they were afraid. Their father Jacob said to them, It's me that you may make childless. Joseph is gone and Simeon is gone. Now you want to take Benjamin? Everything happens to me. <laughs> Interesting. That he says that phrase, everything happens to me. I've never paid attention to this phrase. By him saying that, is he, let's see here. What does it say in the other translation? Uh, Genesis 42. Because I relate to that phrase so much. Like, something is always happening. All the time, something's going on. Like, here we go. Something else. Another trial. Like, Lord, when will I get a break? <laughs> it's always something. Genesis 42. Ah, okay, in the, what version is this? In the Good News translation, it says, I am the one who suffers. Let's see who what it says in the NLT. And NLT says, everything is going against me. Mm. In the NIV, it says everything is against me. Let's look at one more translation. The easier the ERV, the easy to read version. Verse 36. In the ERV it says Oh, it didn't say anything. It doesn't even include that line in the ERV. Interesting. 
Let's see. Did I look at KJV yet? Yep, in the KJV it says, all these things are against me. Mm. I relate to Jacob so much, man, because my life is always filled with these things. It's like, man, something else. Like somebody stole my license plate. Financial stuff is always popping up. Um, I don't know. It's always something. Then Reuben said to his father, you can kill my two sons if I don't bring him back to you. <clears throat> Put him in my care. Or in my hand, and I will return him to you. But Jacob answered, My son will not go down with you, for his brother's brother is dead, and he alone is left. If anything happens to him on your journey, you will bring my gray hairs down to Sheol in sorrow. And basically, I'll die. Alright, let's go and read some Tony Evans notes and see what he has to say about this particular passage. Go back to old school reading some Tony Evans notes, uh, commentary. All right, it says, Jacob sent his sons to Egypt so that they would not die of famine. Jacob, however, did not send Joseph's brother, Benjamin, because he didn't trust the brothers to protect him. He had already lost Joseph under suspicious circumstances, and he refused to lose the other son of Rachel. When Joseph's brothers arrived in Egypt and bowed down before him, he immediately recognized them, but they did not recognize him. Joseph also saw in their actions the fulfillment of his dreams. After 20 years, Joseph had finally been exalted over all his brothers. To test them and draw out more information, Joseph accused them. God was working through Joseph to bring the brothers to a place of repentance, which would ultimately lead to restoration. Yes, repentance always precedes restoration. After letting his brothers languish in prison for three days, Joseph kept Simeon in custody and sent the other brothers, uh, the others home, charging them to return with Benjamin. At this point, the brothers began to realize their guilt. Trouble has come to us, they said to one another. We saw Joseph's deep distress, but we would not listen. They had ignored Joseph's cry for help, and they saw that they were reaping a similar response during their cry for help against unjust accusations. Joseph sent his brothers back to Canaan with grain, but he also sent secretly put each man's silver back in his sack. When the brothers noticed their money had been returned, their hearts sank, because now it really looked like they were spies up to no good. Jacob's sons relayed all that had happened when they mentioned the demand of the Lord of the country that they must bring back their youngest brother. However, Jacob grew stubborn. He said, Joseph is gone and Simeon is gone. With two sons lost, Jacob wouldn't risk something happening to Benjamin. Heavenly Father, thank you for this word. Thank you for this. Ah, thank you for this cool story. There's so much to glean from it. It's a foreshadowing to you, Jesus, and the life of Joseph. And just, I know there's somebody that's written some deep, deeper commentary on this and how this story relates to us as Christians and some end time events foreshadows to that. I encourage every single person to listen to those or look those up on their own time. So, Lord, I just pray, Lord, just thank you for your word. Thank you, Lord, for your glory, your honor, your praise that we can give to you every single day. We give you yeah, all the praise, all the glory, all the honor. We lift you up. We, we, we magnify your name. You're worthy to be praised. You're a good father. You're a gracious father. You're a kind father. Help us to uh, learn from these stories. Learn from my ancestors in this book. 
and to uh, walk in integrity, to walk with joy. Order our steps today. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. All right, y'all. I'll holler at y'all later. Romans 3.23. For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Romans 6.23. For the wages or the cost of sin is death. But the free gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Romans 5.8. But God demonstrated or showed his love toward us in that while we were still yet sinners, Christ died for us. Romans 10, verse 9 through 10. If we will confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in our heart that God has raised him from the dead, we shall be saved. For with our hearts we believe we are now in right standing with God, and with our mouth we confess that we are now saved. Romans ten thirteen. For whosoever, anybody, everybody, who calls upon the name of the Lord, they shall be saved. So if you would like to be saved today, you can simply say, Dear God, I know I'm a sinner. I know my sin deserves to be punished. I believe Jesus Christ is the Son of God who died for me and rose from the grave. I want to turn from my sin and trust Jesus Christ alone as my Savior. Thank you for the forgiveness and everlasting life I can now have through faith in Jesus. In Jesus' mighty precious name I pray. Amen.